0: Welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. Damn, this is a cool episode. It is the first ever pro skateboarder on the podcast. And it is with Kevin Romar, who is not only a pro skateboarder, but is also an artist and a DJ himself. And that's a lot of what this podcast is about. I met him super randomly and we had this incredible conversation about the parallels of going on tour as a skateboarder and going on tour as an artist. And I thought it was so interesting that I was like, dude, would you have this conversation on a podcast and can we talk about all this? And that's exactly what we did. And then we talk a lot about his career as an artist and as a DJ. He's Hobson's DJ, who is a huge rapper, and he's also been making a lot of his own music So a first for Where Are All My Friends and a personal favorite. Let's get into this one. It's cool. Where are all my friends? Yeah, man. (laughs) Kevin Romar. I can't believe this, dude. I'm having a little moment right now.
1: Yes, man. (laughs) Because
0: I wanted to save this to tell you right when we started recording, but like, One, you're the first pro skater that I've had on the podcast, and it's a freaking honor. So for that, thank you. Thank you for being down to do the podcast. Like, uh, that means a lot to me.
1: Hell yeah, man. No problem, dude. Yeah. Stoked.
0: And then I I was listening, so I feel like it's a real, uh, an honor to have somebody that's done an episode on one of my other favorite podcasts, which is The Nine Club. Yeah. And I'll preface this with, I don't really want to go too deep into your come up story because you did such a great job telling that story on the nine club episode. So anybody that doesn't know you, that episode is out there. It's amazing. It's been told like how you came up in skateboarding and it's so damn cool. But what I wanted to get into with this is you're doing so much in music now And that's so cool. Like that crossover, like of course, skateboarding and music connect a ton, but somebody who's doing it like you now and like DJing for Hobson and doing your own production as well. Like that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, man. It's, it's blessing for sure. I don't, it's, I don't even know how this is happening, but (laughs) it's cool just to like see it and see the, you know, fruition of, of, what I vision come to life. So we're here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But like with that, it's just cool because like in in all of the skateboarding podcasts that I've listened to, like I grew up skateboarding, but quickly got into like cars and music. So like, I I just wasn't good enough to like go pro or am or anything. And I knew that, Yeah. but I've always kept up with it. And I've always like watched from afar. And you always hear that from skaters that have had these successful careers is like life outside of skateboarding. Yeah. And a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like your progression of like naturally finding something that you're so interested in and then just like owning it is really cool to me
1: oh yeah man thank you that's that's super cool to hear man yeah and <laughs> yeah.
0: then my other like little parallels that i loved is like hearing your skateboarding come up my first ever skateboard was a powell board nice then followed by a blind board a hey. And like (laughs) so many of your sponsors and so many of like, I only skated cells. So like, I heard like your, your come up in skateboarding. I'm like, I know all of those (laughs) things. For a listener who doesn't know, um, quickly give an explanation of yourself, of who you are and what you do.
1: Well, my name's Kevin Romar. Um, I'm a professional skateboarder. I guess I'm a professional DJ now. Um, toured around the world with, um, Hobson became a DJ about like, Uh, seven years ago, been his tour DJ for about four years. Yeah, just definitely do a lot of different things. I'm an entrepreneur, uh, own my own clothing brand, it's coming out soon and uh, just living life. Just kind of try to keep the the momentum going, try to keep the dream alive, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And there's so much in that that I want to talk about. Like the brand, like that in itself is so cool. And then like how we met was through race service. You were DJing a party for Coco, who's a pro BMX rider.
1: Yeah, Coco's cool, man. That's a cool dude. Yeah. (laughs) He's super rad.
0: So like kind of to me, where we kind of had this natural conversation there was you understand both music and skateboarding at a very professional level. And I thought that this podcast would be so interesting to talk about. Like I think a lot of the people listening to this know music more than any type of skateboarding. But I think there's a lot of parallels in business and the grind of it, but also like weird things like touring. Yeah. You started touring with Hobson how long ago?
1: Uh, four years ago, or like four or five, like 2016 was my first tour with him. Okay. So that's been a while. It's been a pretty it's been a while for sure. Yeah. And um, I had zero experience like being his tour DJ. Because right. I come from a background where like I I started DJing just strictly like Dubstep and like house music and like trap music. Like when that yeah. when that trap area, like EDM trap, was at its like height yeah. peak. That's all I wanted to DJ at that time and just house music. I like both those sides. And then, um, yeah, I didn't want to DJ hip hop at all. I didn't because I, that's all I was listening to at the time, which is strictly hip hop. Yeah. So I, was, I wanted to do something different. You know what I mean? So I was like, let me tap into this other world, like house music and dubstep. I was getting some shows like I was uh, early on and that's because that's all I knew how to do. And I was like a pro skateboarder. So everybody wanted to book me at that time just because like pro skateboarder. DJ yeah, at cool. the club and cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. I didn't know how to DJ hip-hop. I didn't know. I'd, And then um, I got booked at Black Bar in LA. And um, I remember it was like, I skated for Super at the time and they had a party. I started off my set. I thought I was like, because I was always into like just sets, you know what I mean? Like Romar's set, you know what I yeah. mean? So I went into it not knowing like a bar is not a set. It's more of like, it is a set, but it's more of like catering to the crowd. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of just playing like what you think is cool. Yeah, I just went in there playing strictly dubstep and trap. And the bar was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> like, no, like, cause you know it's heavy, you know, like heavy yeah. sounds, you know what I mean? Like, ooh. And everyone was just like standing there, like, what is DJ playing? What the fuck yeah. is happening? <laughs> so this girl came up to me and she's like, you know, if you played like some um uh, Black Street No Diggity, this the bar would go crazy. And I was like, Really? I was like oh, I don't want to play hip-hop. That was me at that time. I didn't want to yeah. play hip-hop. Yeah. So I, I dug into my crate in my laptop. I played No Diggity. The bar went crazy. It switched like,
0: like that. Just like that.
1: And I was like, oh, okay, I see now. So I learned how to play hip-hop like at that bar immediately, pretty much. That was like 2014. Yeah, I knew how to dabble with hip hop at that time, but yeah, like yeah. I didn't know how to mix it like correctly.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you know the genre. Like so many skate videos, like I, I, I found Talib Kweli from a four eleven VM video. Yeah, like, see, you know good th- hip hop. Yeah, I
1: know great hip hop, did yeah. great. I just didn't want to play it. You know what I mean? because yeah. I, I just I heard those songs so many times. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to do something differently. But at a, as a at a bar and a, as a bar, they want you to play stuff like that. Yeah, as I figured out throughout my DJing career. So. That was a time where I learned how to play hip hop and it just changed everything. You know what I mean? That was a time where it just changed my life pretty much just by playing hip hop. Really? Um, Yeah. I should have just been playing it all along. I just wanted to do something different. Yeah. And now, But it's cool because I could play house music now, dubstep music now, hip hop, and I can incorporate everything now, which I think that was like a lesson in my DJ path. You know what I mean? It's like. Dude, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also like 2014,
0: 2015, like on SoundCloud, I remember there was some really cool electronic dubstep. Like, yeah, that was a really fun thing to watch. It happen. was so fun, So man. like, I feel it. <laughs>
1: it was so fun. So from there, I just, you know, I uh, started playing hip hop at Black Bar. I got booked there to do a residency every week from that night.
0: Okay. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Like, were you DJing there regularly?
1: Regularly. Yeah. Okay. They were like, "Damn, you killed. I thought I sucked. Like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I horrible. I left like sweating and stuff. Like, cause I felt like so nervous, you know what I mean? so much anxiety Yeah. and I skated for Supra and I, didn't, and I didn't feel like, I felt like I destroyed their party. But I, in <laughs> fact, I, I did it the reverse. The beginning sucked, you know what I mean? But I changed it and flipped it around. But yeah. I, I felt like I just was so bad, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the lady that owned that bar, she called me. And she's like, Romar, you killed it. Like, we would love to book you every week. Let's have a residency here. You know, Booked it all, book you all September. I was like, really? Like, damn. Okay, cool. For sure. And from that moment, I was there every week, weekend, Friday and Saturday. And um, people would come and just like have such a good time. You know what I mean? And I I literally sat there in in my room and I just practiced hip hop, like making all these different types of sets just so that I was like prepared each time. And that really, really, really helped me out.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah that's something that i noticed about you is like you're not like a spotify dj like you oh, really no. take this seriously like, oh yeah like, for sure you will build a set and yeah. like you have a proper library of music and for like you sure. have real turntables you transitions like yeah it's not just like next 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 here's yeah, my playlist yeah.
1: that's not yeah that's not the type of dj that i am you know yeah what I, mean? I really like to mix my transitions are like what um i i'm built on like if I, my trans like that's like the key to me is like having a great transition because when you have great transitions it, the flow of everything is just so or- organic and natural and everyone's having a good time instead of just pressing play here, play there, yeah, and just crossing over to there and just doesn't sound right, you know what I mean? Yeah. I focus m- mostly on on transitions for sure and and the music, of course, and curating the nice nice vibes.
0: I think that that's something that shows. It's like a show of a true professional when you are at a party or you're at an event and there's a real DJ, yeah, and you don't notice, but it's just a constant vibe. For sure, like you, you only notice if a DJ is not good because (laughs) you're like, but if a transition is perfect, you're not thinking about it. You're just like, Oh, this is a vibe the whole time. Yeah. And and that's,
1: that's super cool. You know what I mean? Not everyone's going to get it. And that's, that's a good cool part about it is because you want it to flow that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, when, when someone's sucking and it just doesn't sound right, then you're like, wait, Right. Why is DJ like yeah. performing? You're
0: like, not gonna you know? stop mid-conversation yeah. and be like, I'm sorry, did you hear that perfect transition? Like, no, it's not like that. But okay, something on Black Bar, because I've been there just like randomly, but yeah. I, I, I didn't know there was any type of history to it or anything. You saying that it has a tie to skateboarding.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So a couple of skateboarders own that bar. Um Atiba Jefferson, he's like a photographer. Uh-huh. Um, I think Sean Malto owns a little bit of it. And then what? I think um, Brandon Beeble. Um, there's like a, there's a couple there's a couple of skateboarders that own that bar and the Black Long Beach too. One they their skateboarders all involved with that. So that was a place where if you wanted to see your favorite pro skateboarder, you would go to Black Bar.
0: That's you would crazy. Go yeah, for sure. Because you were saying that's where you met Hobson, right? Yeah, that's
1: where I, yeah that's where I met Hobson. And the thing about that is like I didn't even I wasn't even DJing there that time. Oh,
0: you were just hanging.
1: I was just I went there for a birthday party. <laughs> It's just some random birthday party. Um, I got invited to, I forgot whose birthday it was, but I just remember getting there and uh, my friend Seven Machiavelli was like, yo, Hobson knows that you're here. He wants to meet you, man. He's a fan of your skateboarding. I was like, What? No way, Hobson. What? Like, yeah, that's cool. His contacts and everything. Yeah. Like, I know his music, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't listen, I didn't listen to it consistently, but I know like Il-Mine, I didn't listen to Ilmine Five. My ex-girlfriend had shown me that song and she put me on to him and I was like. Okay, cool. I, was like, I know he's like a big rapper, so yeah, cool. Uh, I met him in the back. I said what up, shook his hand. And then um, we just talked about skateboarding, bro. Like The whole night, just skateboarding and music. Yeah. Kinda like we're doing right now. It was yeah. like, we vibed out. And, and then he was just like, yo, you're cool, man. I was like, hey, you too, man. <laughs> <That was> sick, <laughs> hey, man. you too. He's like, I gotta go, man. I'll see you later. I was like, all right, cool, man, peace. <laughs> and then literally like the next day, yeah, I got a call from his manager. And she's like, hey, um, or actually before that, let me just go back a little bit. Yeah. I got a DM from Hobson on Instagram. Yeah. He's like, yo, Romar, like, it was cool seeing you last night, man. Um, my DJ just quit. Um, I know that you DJ, like, would you want to be my DJ for touring? And I hit him back like instantly. Like, Instant. Hell yeah, man. Like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, cool, man. I didn't know what you're going to say. He's like, I was kind of nervous to ask you. I'm like. Hobson's nervous to ask me to be his DJ. That's so weird. Like cross like, you know, yeah, cross yeah, parallel. like, well, I'm nervous to even say yeah, in a sense, but I'm stoked. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my manager to call you right now. She called me like literally as soon as I said, I hit that enter button to say, cool, man. <laughs> I got to call right away. <laughs> it was like she's on standby or yeah, something. Yeah, like enter, call what? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yo, hey, Romar, it's cool to meet you. I'm, like, cool to meet you, too. And she's, like, so I guess Hobson wants you to be his DJ. Um, what's your plan in the next couple of weeks? We got a big show coming on. I was, like, oh, really? She's, like, yeah, it's, like, with Ludacris and B.O.B. She's, like, you down? I was, like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I had, I was, but I didn't tell her I didn't have any experience with stuff like that. Yeah. I was, just like, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm down for sure. <laughs> yeah, hung up. The, the deal was sealed. And then we had a show in, like, the next two weeks. Um, with that Ludacris and bob and i forgot there was like huge openers like a big festival type thing it was like a festival yeah Yeah. not openers but like they were like the huge artists the lineup was just crazy and he was like the second to last headliner oh i think Ludacris was after him
0: wow so y'all got treated well it was treated well yeah yeah, yeah.
1: but i was so nervous that first show yeah because i didn't have any mic work i had no idea how to use the
0: mic
1: oh you know with hip-hop performances you have to like get the crowd sight before. Yeah, they, you yeah. The,
0: like that's, it's more than just the music. Yeah. Like you're, like you're amping up the crowd. You gotta the amp hype them really. well,
1: right. You gotta be an MC. And I had no idea how to do this. I'm like, I don't know. I was calling my sister like before pacing back and forth like, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know. I'm scared. You know what I mean? I felt like there's so many emotions. I'm like,
0: is everyone excited to listen to live music tonight?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So like I'm I'm, like pacing back and forth like how am I going to do this? I have no idea how to bring anybody on stage. And then uh, I asked Jamie, like his manager, was like, what did, what did the last DJ say to bring him on stage? And she's like, oh, so what you say is, um, you know, are you guys ready to see Hobson? And then you do a Hobson chant. So you go, I need this side to say Hop, and then this side to say Sin. And then you, like, you go, left side Hop, right side Sin. And then you go Hop, Sin, Hop, Sin. All right. <laughs> and then you bring them out, you know what I mean? But I was like, okay, let me figure this one out. So I got on stage when it was time to perform and I was like, all right, I think I got this. You know what yeah. I, mean? I think I got this. I get on the mic and I'm like, are oh, you motherfuckers ready to see Hop Sin? You ready? And everyone's like, ah! Right, we're going to do it like this. I was like, when I say Hop,
0: you say Sin. Hop, Sin, Hop, Sin.
1: And then I had like it going. And my brain just like, fully opened up
0: just like adrenaline in it so you owned it like you yeah 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 I yeah. was like
1: whoa I I can't believe I just did that right now I was more shocked on that than the actual like uh show to be honest cuz <laughs> I, I was like it really did something inside of my like persona of like you could do anything you know what I mean if you just no. you got I got thrown into the like thrown in right away you mm-hmm. know just opened up so many creative things in my head mm-hmm. and then I was like wow okay and then I saw Hobson rock this show and You know, I was thinking back and forth in him. And then, you know, I got more, I got some tips after that for sure. But that was like a beginning of like, okay, let's do this.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. Okay, and like that, this is where I think it gets really interesting too, is you come into this world of music and that's a pretty crazy like to be in a festival with those names for sure yeah. as you're like here you go figure it out it's yeah, insane yeah a lot of people that get into music like dude you start touring in a van and you're playing to like 200 kids if you're lucky and it doesn't matter yeah for you what was your impression like you go from having this career as a pro skater and you're thrown into this world at a very high level yeah did it feel like could you instantly feel similarities or like were you like oh this is like this or like traveling with an artist like were you just like oh this is it I'm in like what did that feel like what were the thoughts <laughs> like you get off that stage you're at the hotel or whatever yeah. like what are you what are you thinking about after that
1: Dude I was just like it, it's like a performance you know it's different than like like with skateboarding you you can do demos and you know you go to a street spot and you're you know you're trying to land a trick off these stairs it's performing in itself, but you're more like working out in a sense. Like you're throwing your carcass downstairs and stuff like that. Hopefully, you land a trick. It might take hours. You know what I mean? With DJing, you're performing. You're giving your heart and soul to people. You know what I mean? You might not notice it from the DJ side because yeah. you're you're more focused on the the artist. Yeah. But the DJ is giving the same type of energy with yeah. like performing. So it's a different type of you know level. I feel like so that's why it opens up doors in in your brain from both sides, I feel like. Yeah. Because you're giving your heart and soul skateboarding and then you're doing the same thing with DJing. And it's, it's super cool to, to, to witness and to do all that. You know what I mean? Because I'm watching him at the same time give his heart and soul performing and everyone knows his words and lyrics are singing along and they're just like, it's just a whole nother atmosphere.
0: What about the parallels of touring? Because skate tours are very regular things, right? Like you go out on tour to film parts and to do promos for things like that, right?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Is that like Ford Econoline 15 passenger van go tour the country? How long are you out? Like, what is a skate tour? <laughs> like? Cause I only know music tours.
1: These skate tours and music tours are totally different. Yeah. Whenever I explain it is just because skate tours are consistently skating, like nonstop. You may wake up at nine, 10, or maybe earlier, if you really want to go skate like a specific spot. Yeah. And then you're out all day. If you don't skate the spot somebody else's, and you're just you know you're just kind of hanging around watching them try to get the trick, yeah. And you might go till like four in the morning.
0: Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Skating every day.
0: Oh my every god. Every
1: day. So it's like you're you're working nonstop. You know what I mean? You're you're always skating.
0: Do you have like a tour manager, or like somebody who like finds the spots, or like?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's a tour manager, but there's also like, uh, so if you go to a different country or a different state, there'll be uh, a tour guide. So they know all the all the street spots, all the skate parks. They have a phone. Like, in their phone, they have all the um, street spots. So you can just look down and scroll, like, until so, you find the right spot that you want to skate. And then you're like, okay, that spot's cool. Let's go to that spot tomorrow. Anybody want to skate this spot that has, like, um, a certain obstacle? Like, we can all skate that. Let's do that today. Yeah. Just to, like, warm up and... So yeah, we have a tour guy, tour tour spot guy.
0: (laughs) That's nuts. And then are you out like for blind skateboards? Like, is it that you go out and everybody on the blind team is filming for a certain part or would you have it like cross? Like, could you have S footwear and blind out in the same van or like, what's that? Is it just friends that all get along and skate well together? Like, how do you put together a skate tour? So usually
1: it's like, so if I'm riding for Nike or Super, whatever these companies yeah. may ride for at the time, um you're all together. It's a team. We'll all pack into a van and we yeah. go to the street spots. So it's, it's, it's specifically the team. Okay. So okay. you won't, so you you won't wouldn't go have from crossover. Like, you won't cross over from blind to Nike because- Usually it doesn't work that way in, in skateboard world. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love
0: just, asking like yeah. all these like dumb skate questions. I'm so fascinated It's like if you were to get it. like
1: the Warriors, right? Yeah. And then you get like the Brooklyn Nets, you wouldn't put them in the same. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, all right, get yeah. on in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sure <laughs> they would love shit. to do it, but it's like they're, they're like enemies, not enemies, but they're like, you know.
0: You have an allegiance yeah. to your team yeah, exactly. and you're going out as that team. <laughs> I mean, you were pretty good at skateboarding by like 14, right? Like. How how early were you getting in vans going on tour?
1: Probably when I was sixteen was like, no, earlier than that.
0: Yeah, it was like sixteen. Like okay. 2008, nine. So that becomes yeah. like your college of life. Yeah, for like sure. That's where you learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Learn how to really, you know, travel, you know what I mean? Like Dude. take your own flights at that early yes. age and figure out the the terminals and all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Too.
0: That I think is a parallel that is exactly the same in music. Cause I started touring when I was like 18. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's like, there's, it's not like you have parents or it's not like you have like this like authoritative figure that like takes care of you. Like it's just like, all right, get in the van, figure it out kind of thing. And like, yeah, like there's tour managers and stuff like that. But like, I think that that's such a formative thing. And I think a parallel that I love in music and skateboarding and a lot of these creative careers is like, You're forced to learn the feeling of uh, being an entrepreneur and like learning business and learning how to talk to people and learning how to travel and understand these different cultures. For sure, yeah. And like the discipline of like learning a trick or like mastering your instrument. Like, I think there's a lot there that forms something in people that I I don't know what that is, (laughs) but I think it's really special. And I was curious if you see that in both.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? It's because of all those all those things that you just said. It's just, it opens the doors. You know, it opens the path of your mind. It's like you got to really, you know, pay attention to all those, you know, lessons that traveling and getting in a van teach you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, you really got to do something with that because it doesn't happen to everybody. You know what I mean? No one understands that experience a lot. And once you do, you know, find that experience, you're like, oh, okay, I see what why he's that way. You know? What I mean? Right.
0: Yeah. yeah because like i would also imagine there's some amount of that like in the early days of touring you're not signed to a label like i think you're always chasing like when you're a young band or artist you're always looking to get like management a booking agent and a label or at least that's kind of how it was it's shifting a little bit yeah but you were going out taking that risk to prove yourself and perfect your product and i feel like it's also like that with skateboarding is like you're you need to go get parts and tricks mm-hmm. to put together a part yeah. to then get sponsors. Yeah. And then if you're lucky, sponsors pay enough to pay your rent. But it's like you're really betting on yourself in the beginning. Exactly. And there's probably a lot of people that don't make it. Exactly.
1: I think what I read on Google, like you type it in, like what is the percentage of, of becoming a professional skateboarder? Oh my and God. then the answer is less than 1%.
0: Stop. Really? Yeah, less than
1: 1%. So you got to think about all the millions of people that skateboard only a less than one percent percentage of skateboarders make it to become a professional yeah and then that's a, and that's not even saying like oh the sponsors will pay you enough to survive because there's a lot of it's hard In any industry with like becoming a professional athlete you got to really you got to take it serious you know what I mean? yeah because you it's it's a short-lived career if you don't take it serious but yeah, you don't, I mean, a lot of sponsors don't pay it a lot like they used to. So right. You really got to like figure out what you're trying to do pretty much.
0: I would even say that skateboarding is one of the harder ones. Like you compare it to athletes and it's like at least with football and, and stuff like that you know like it's like cool you have a high school where you can practice there's scouts like you kind of know you put in the hours like you do that you can go from high school to college to nfl like there's yeah. a very clear path exactly i'm yeah. sure there's things that i don't know yeah. but with skateboarding there's so much more than that and something that you said in your nine club interview that like you said it so casually but i was like that says so much As you were talking about because it wasn't until you're 21 that you went pro
1: yeah, 21, I think so.
0: But basically 7 years of doing it very seriously and having some amount of like am and flow to yeah. the, to the point of pro. It's a long ass time.
1: I I actually I was skating since 2007. Oh no, no, no. Dude, it took me it took me I don't even remember the years anymore, but like it took me about 11 years to turn pro.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Like I think about that as like an <laughs> yeah. artist. Like if you're an artist and you're unsigned or you're trying to like Get to that spot where it's a professional career. Yeah. 11 years of that, like, yeah. Oh my God, well, the persistence. It takes,
1: they say it takes 10 years to, you know, master your craft and, and become something of it. And that's for me, that's what happened. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much a statistic in um, all of skateboarding. Really? It takes a long time to become pro. There'll be your, your guys that turn a little pro, pro earlier, but it's usually a long process because you do got to go from flow to am, amateur to then become professional and the companies have to decide if you're ready. I was supposed to become pro earlier, but like companies work together. Yeah. To, uh, so if you wanna have like a pro board, a uh, pro shoe and all this stuff, it, they all have to work together. So it creates this marketing thing so that it all comes out at one time. So now it's like the the image of you is just bigger.
0: That's bigger like scale. artists yeah. won't drop albums. Yeah. Like artists will only drop singles and EPs until they feel like they're ready. Yeah. Like it's a big deal as an artist to drop your first full length and you want to do it like you want to time it and save it exactly because you only get that one that's crazy
1: exactly the same oh i like these parallels (laughs) so
0: much dude it's so interesting yeah
1: for sure yeah it's exactly the same because i was supposed to turn pro in 2009 or 10 yeah but i had to drop this part um it's called blind this is not a test it was like my debut Part for blind skateboards, yeah, and then they wanted to turn me pro right then and there,
0: yeah. But then
1: I had gotten, I went from S, yeah, uh, to Supra, yeah. So that kind of changed the whole marketing of everything. That's so. So I had to like build from Supra for a year, went on all these tours across the world and everything like that, and then finally it was enough to where it was like, okay, Romar is solid on Supra, solid on blind. Now let's turn him pro. And then I had this big old pro party, and uh, it's called the Red Room in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, it was it was all worth it. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad I didn't turn pro sooner, even though the kids wanted me to turn pro sooner. Yeah, it, I had to build so much momentum, and the kids knew me before that too, before that blind part. But that that like changed my whole career because uh, the longevity is still there. Like I, I people will come up to me now and be like, "Oh, I saw your part." 2009 10 that's what changed me my skateboarding forever dude i I have a question
0: (laughs) in real time right now where i'm thinking about this so like turning pro is this crazy amount of validation it says like i did it like i put in the work i'm vouched for like this is real yeah i wonder like a lot of times artists, and again, it's kind of changing because you can do so much more now unsigned. Yeah. But like getting signed, especially to like a major and especially a couple of years back before you could do stuff uh, less or more in, as an independent artist. Yeah. That was the most validating thing. It'd be like, oh, did you hear X artist got signed? Like yeah. they got signed to X major or something. And it was like, oh my God, like you're famous. You did it.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: But something that I saw in the music industry side is once you're on the other side of that. And granted, the first time I experienced it, we were signed to an indie. So it wasn't like, oh my God. Yeah. But still all of the friends and everybody's like, holy shit, you guys are signed. That's so crazy. And then on your side, it's like, okay, cool. Actually, nothing changed. And now we have to work twice as hard to prove that we're worth it. Yeah. Is that similar in skateboarding as well? Oh my
1: goodness. Every time you switch a sponsor, yeah. You have to do the same exact thing that you just said. You have to work twice as hard. You have to re, you know, re image, like re, what's that word? You rebrand, re-brand like, yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's a process, man. You know what I mean? I've had yeah. a couple of, you know, sponsor changes. It's kind of like if an artist goes from Def Jam to uh, Interscope, I it, mean, it's yeah. like Interscope might be, I mean, they're like the same type of, you know.
0: Yeah. But like, you kind of have to win the trust and the loyalty yeah, of your exactly. team. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Did What about like on like a, like a financial level, like, did that change anything? Cause again, that's something with music is yeah. I think a lot of people think, oh, as soon as I get signed, I'm fine. I can live, I can buy my family a house. And it's like, yeah, I guess you could get like a big signing bonus, but like, you're going to have to recoup that. And those are kind of yeah. going away. And like, I think people put a lot on that mm-hmm. and then it's, it, it's not everything. That's not, it's you not what you think it is. Yeah. Is the the same that also similar? Yeah,
1: it's the same exact thing? like i like you'll get pay cuts here you know pay cuts there, yeah. and you gotta like re like figure out like where where else can you go you can see like a sponsor's like demise is your demise of that company like it's going away, so you gotta figure out something else. And that's a tough part, you know what I mean, with with skateboarding, because you're not taught this. Like you're not taught no. this at a young age, you have no idea. And this you have isn't, a manager. This right?
0: isn't the sport. Like yeah. this isn't getting your <laughs> yeah. tray flip perfect. Like yeah. this is this is part of it that you have to know. Yeah. But it's business, it's politics, it's communing with communicating with people. Exactly. It's it's money and dollars and negotiations and percentages on exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's the tricky part. Like learning all that. And you know, it, it, and I've I've had a few sponsor changes where it's just like kind of like made me feel bitter in a sense sometimes when like dang i put so much energy into this company and they just kind of like threw me away like that like that's crazy you know what i mean oh dude yeah i mean
0: that's getting dropped on a label though
1: exactly yeah, yeah. for sure and you got to figure out something else again and you're like yeah. okay you got to have like you got to have a strong you know skin for these type of industries for
0: sure dude, you gotta
1: have thick skin for sure dude I, <laughs> I
0: just i i think that that's so interesting the parallels because i would hope that a conversation like this to anybody that's listening is encouraging. It's just like, oh, yeah. if I'm gonna chase the thing I love, yeah, everyone deals with it. it Any yeah. industry, like, but that's fun. I think that there's like a hopeful <laughs> side of it and there's a lot yeah. you learn. Like there's this entrepreneurial understanding of business, college of life that you experience that now I see what you're doing. And it's yeah. like you've been able to make your own clothing brand. Yeah. And you've learned how to brand yourself as an individual. Yeah. And you've now taken those things and you're able to go into this whole other career and do it well. Yeah. And that is what I think is fucking magic. Hell yeah, man. Thanks. So, yeah. yeah.
1: That's I learned. dude. I learned from the whole business side. I'm still learning. You know what I mean? But I watched these companies make so much money from an individual that puts their heart and soul in these things. And then once you've done all that, they don't need you anymore not yeah. all the time but that's what they happened in one of in one case with one sponsor you know and it's you're just like all right cool you know what like i I see what you guys did i don't need that anymore i can make my own company now i want to i want to do it now i, I want to see how it works from my side because i saw how you guys did it you yeah. watch how you branded me yeah now i can brand myself that same way you know what i mean yeah you know and and, and reach kids my way instead of doing it their way and that's why I made world premiere,
0: <laughs> dude, that's so cool. And I think like something else that you said, uh, cause I want to like deep dive into world premiere, Yeah. but you said something very specifically on the nine club interview of like, you realized that you're like how you present yourself and branding and it's, it's more than just being great at skateboarding yeah. to like get these opportunities And I feel like you said that so casually, but the way you said it, I was like, this dude thinks about this. Like (laughs) you're very aware of the outside bits of branding and perception and how you put things together. Yeah. Have you been able to apply that now? Like, do you still think with that? Like as you are hops and CJ and as you're building a brand, like, has that been something
1: for sure? yeah. Yeah. I definitely keep that in mind because you know, that's what people see at first of you is your first impression. Yeah. And what made what made them like you or what made them see something different in you. Yeah. Whether it be an afro, or whether it be your hair. whatever it But may as be. silly yeah. as
0: that is, that's real. Is,
1: yeah, exactly. Really. Yeah. And that's what made me a professional skateboarder, to be honest. So, you know, I I I wasn't I was skating for such a long time, like grinding. I was coming out with these parts and things like that. Kids yeah. would know them, but like these brands weren't um, they weren't like attaching to me. Yeah. So I was like, what do I need to do to like fix my image? So at an early age, I was like, let me grow out my hair and see what happens. I had a bet with my friend Alec and you know it changed everything. Once I started growing it out, like I had a little fro, but people were like, mm-hmm. Oh, Romar's growing his hair out. This is super <laughs> cool, man. I was like, really? That's that's all I needed to do, you know what I mean? And then they would market that so heavy on all these boards. And it was just like Romar's fro is this and that, cool, blah 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, sick, like, okay. I guess it's like 50% image and 50% skating, you know what I mean? Cuz that's what's going to sell.
0: Okay, that though. That yeah. is so important and I think that that's a lesson that applies to any industry and I don't I don't think people should take that personally. Yeah. I just think it's like there's so much noise when you're when you're branding yourself and there's so many people more more so than ever for sure that are trying to do something unique and stand out and be different and if somebody like I don't, you have maybe like five seconds of a first impression. Yeah. So like, what is that first impression? Do you tell your story? Do you present yourself in a memorable way? Yeah. So I, I don't think that that's like, uh, it's kind of a bad thing, but I think that it's just <laughs> something that like, if you're aware of it and you can use it to your advantage, then good. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you've done a great job of that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's it's just about being unique. You know what I mean? You don't have to forcefully do it. Yeah. You just got to be unique in your own way. Yeah. And I figured that out. It's like, you just got to stay true to yourself and being unique is is all that matters. You know what I mean? And stay true to yourself. That's the key. Don't try to do what another person's doing because you're just going to be falling in that same category as them. You know? Right. Stay, do do you. That's the key. God, I love that. (laughs) And
0: that plays to you as a DJ. Like, yeah. it's not like anybody told you like, here's the formula to having a career after skateboarding or yeah. here's, here's another thing you can do that you'll love. Like you just liked this music. You were exactly. just doing this cause you liked it. <laughs> yeah. And now here you are.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, and yeah, I mean, DJing and that kind of just fell in my lap in a certain way. Um, me and my sister used to, have little mix battles when, you know, cassette tapes were like the thing. And uh, we used to just go on the radio and just press record and see who had the best mixes at the end of the day. We used to battle each other. And that's kind of how I got my mixing taste, just from the ear, you know what I mean? Just putting it on a cassette tape
0: dude that's i feel like i i didn't go as deep as you but i remember the feeling of you get the stereo yeah and you like he can hit record and you wait for the radio to play your favorite song so you can record it so you have it exactly yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) and that was fun you know it's super cool i didn't think anything of it i was just like i'm pushing record on a cassette tape that was the thing you know i mean that before burning cds i just i mean i used to sell burned cds at school too that was also a mixing taste and
0: the writing was on the wall writing was
1: on the wall and then like you know i I got a i got a um controller and i just messed around with it and started learning how you know equalizations and you know all these transitions and stuff and and then it just started to work out in a way where i was like cool i think i could do this dude yeah i'm still on my path though i'm not like this crazy dj track type guy but well that's what's exciting (laughs) is like
0: i could sit here and be like I, I could pretty confidently say like, you made it as a professional skateboarder. Like you did yeah. the thing, you got the real sponsors, you've toured, you've had your crazy video parts, all that. yeah But what I like, that's awesome. Like that side of that story has been told. Like I'm excited to talk about you as an artist because yeah. that's this whole <laughs> wave of you like having success, For sure. but you still have so much to build. So
1: yeah. The- I mean, I've produced some songs, you know, I got into producing. Yeah. I got brought up by my friend Dak Janinals at um hard summer Festival. yeah oh shit and he brought me up and we collabed on a track and i got to perform uh a track of mine and his yeah. th- on that stage and it was like so many people man something like huge crowd yeah and that was like you know what man i really like this side you know I yeah like this. this is dope i want to be able to perform because i i perform with Hobson yes. as a dj but when you get to play your own track and you get to see people's reaction from it mosh pits and all that stuff i'm like dude, this is, this is where I want to do right now.
0: (laughs) So you like, you had another level, like that feeling of the Hobson, like when you got the crowd going on that first show and you're like, Oh, like you had that unlock again. Oh, this is my song. (laughs) So tell me about that. Like, I really want to hear about this. So like, cool. You DJ, you tour with Hobson. You also DJ a bunch of other stuff for cool friends and all that. That's awesome. You're great at it. I gather that you are working to be more of your own artist and a producer as well. Yeah. So sure. where are you with that in your career, and like, what are you looking at? Like, what are some goals there? Like, what have you been working on there?
1: I've been working on a lot of music. Um, not not lately, but more focused on DJing. But okay. I I have put out some tracks before. I go by as I go by Romar. Okay. And uh, it's, it's been like dubstep and stuff like that. And uh, I'm more on the house side now, like more like bass house type of thing. Yeah. So um. I'm just putting together, you know, tracks that I like and then, you know, creating from that and then producing and and trying to create my own artist. Separate from like, you know, I love Hobson to death, but I want to like create Romar as like the artist yeah. so that it separates, you know, oh you're Hobson's DJ to just Romar. Yes. And that's where And you, you can know, play your own, I can play sets my own and stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've been getting a lot I've been getting booked to do a lot of house sets lately. And uh, I've been playing my edits and like my um some of my originals and i've been watching people go you know crazy over them so
0: oh that's actually kind of cool like that's a little bit of an advantage like you you, like cool you're djing something yeah just throw it in in there you know i don't
1: say anything i just kind of like you know test the waters yeah okay cool i like i like this path right here so
0: So. do you think like (laughs) is that like a perfect world scenario like i'm curious because you're at this spot now where you really can build this career in a way like you've learned so much about branding. You have the association of Hobson. You can still skate. Like you're at this spot now where you can kind of do what you want on your own terms. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. So like perfect world, do you like, are you going on your own tours and fully doing like playing your own music, like your sets? Are you producing for other artists? Like are you making beats and tracks for other artists and writing with them? Like, I feel like you can kind of do anything you want right
1: now. <laughs> yeah. See, where I'm at is like, I've done everything myself. Yeah. I've gotten booked by myself. Like, I, I haven't really had any help
0: Crazy. with getting
1: these gigs, man. So it's Crazy. like, right now, I think it's, it's, it's just building and, and trying to find like a booking agent and stuff like that to, to pursue that, that side of it even further. Yeah. Because I've been getting, you know, gigs like solo. And if I had that help, you know what I mean, to get to that next level, I yeah. think it would be, be solid, you know what I mean? But- I mean i take i take things like as it is like slowly you know what i mean i don't want to go jump in too fast even though i know a lot of it already yeah i like to like organically build it and i'm sure on the path like somebody will come along like and hopefully you know help me out with that shit. but yeah. <laughs> for now it's just like i'm still learning how you know all the plugins and, and things like that you know yeah I mean, that producing side is it's a, it's a lot you know time
0: consuming totally i have
1: like so many other things going on you know brands and this and that so Focusing, producing is, like, you need to put all of your time into that, you
0: know. Do you think, though, that you have a, an advantage? Like, something that I always come back to. Like, skateboarding taught me the fundamentals of life. Like, if, or if it weren't for getting in vans and touring and skateboarding, I wouldn't have, like, the grit that I have. Yeah. But I remember dropping in on my first quarter pipe yeah, and it was the scariest feeling because (laughs) if you don't fully commit yeah you're going to fall oh oh, you have to full send it you have to and that is is that not representative of life like if you think about that
1: for 100 facts (laughs) but then
0: in addition to that it's like okay cool getting a kickflip you kind of just have to sit there and do it hour upon hour upon hour and and fail and fail and fail and fall and then you get it. <laughs> so, like, now when you're learning plugins and when you're writing music, like, do you have that skateboarding grit where you're just oh like, well, I'm gonna gosh. get it? Like,
1: dude, more than ever, dude. It, I'll be up for like 24 hours sometimes just trying to get this song right. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it so many times and making sure the levels are right and, you know, mastering is right. And I spent a lot of time like just listening to the same sounds over and over, you know, sound design. I'm just like it's a lot, man. But isn't
0: it that like do you do you get skateboarding brain with it? I get it, it. yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, I I spend so much time learning all of these things. That's why like I I take the craft so serious. You know what I mean? Because I put all these hours into it. Yeah, and then um, I see the I see the benefits from it. When I put stuff on SoundCloud, I'm like, dang, it did that many numbers. I mean, it's not like the most insane numbers, but it's it's enough for me to be like, it it motivates me. Yeah. Oh wow, people are liking this. You know, cool. I put all these hours into making this song and now these people like what I made? Cool, dude, like, let me keep this going.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Another, like, thing that I really wanted to specifically talk about is the brand. Yeah, Because that's something, like, a lot of people can just start a brand, but from what I've seen of what you're doing with this, it looks so damn good. Thanks, man. Tell me, like, (laughs) explain to me what's gone into this because it's it's not even out yet right
1: it's not out yet
0: nope talk I, to me fill me in
1: really soon though okay um yeah i've been working on this brand for about a year world premiere world premiere it's uh my clothing brand yes no one else no i'm just yeah. kidding <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've just been working on it for a year um getting everything in production it's finally made yeah i'm gonna get all these videos and stuff content done yeah but um yeah, I, I was thinking of something during COVID, like quarantine. Yeah. Like the height of COVID. And um, I was like, I need to do something that's like representing me. Yeah. Cause I built so much. You know and I mean, I want to become more of an entrepreneur. Yeah. Let me do something. I had this idea, but I couldn't put my nail on the cot, like I couldn't hit the nail on the head yeah, yeah, like yeah. completely. I was like, okay, cool. I, I think i got it. And this world premiere came on the TV somewhere and I was like, that's Freaking sick, man. Dude. Like, that's so tight. I Getting want, I want to, that yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. I trademarked it and everything. No one has yeah. world It's world Premier brand, but I yeah. just marketed, marketed it as world premiere. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, my my homie Hugo came up with a bunch of cool designs for it. I was like, I got to have a message behind it. So the message behind world premiere is the journey is everything. So what we've been talking about this whole time yeah. is, is the journey, how yeah. to get to somewhere. You know, you have to go through all these paths and, and all these crazy obstacles and speed bumps and everything to get to your world premiere and once you finally get there you're at the red carpet you know what I mean it's up to you to take it wherever else you want to go but that's the message behind it is the journey is everything world premiere bow dude (laughs) I am obsessed with that that's
0: it's funny because like you just (laughs) took my feeling of like why i love doing this podcast and i love hearing those stories and it is that journey and it's what you learn in that and you just said that in like three minutes and i'm like (laughs) damn you kind of just fucked me up this (laughs) that's it like you just said it i can go home now like what am i
1: (laughs) we're done (laughs) yeah so that's my marketing behind it um i think it'll stick to a lot of kids because they everyone has a journey you know what i mean you've had a journey i've had a journey you know everyone has their specific road they have to go yeah. to get somewhere you know what i mean and everyone wants to have a world premiere you know everyone yeah. wants to be on a big stage to their degree of whatever it may be yeah and uh yeah i think it'll catch on and i'm stoked for it to come out and seeing people's reactions to it because it's gonna be fire <laughs> dude i'm
0: yeah i'm like extra stoked on that and then like for branding and for like because you now are in these two worlds that are similar but not they're very different yeah like do you like when it drops like will you go into like the skateboarding world and hook up the friends that are skateboarding and like flow clothes to some of the kids you believe in will you put it on artists like have you thought about that like what world do you want it to live in or is it just like yo like if you're chasing your journey fucking wear it like where it It doesn't matter who you are (laughs) it's a little bit of both
1: for sure it's a little bit of both um starting small first and then you know see where it goes from there um, have like my own e-commerce site and everything, but yeah. I definitely want to keep a skateboarding, Yeah. but I also want to cross over into music and, and everything like that and see where it goes from there. Yeah. Cause I'm always going to be 100% skateboarder. That's yeah. like me. And then music is like there as well. Mm-hmm. So to have both of those, you know, avenues, I think will help a lot. Cause I know DJs that want to close. I know skateboarders that want to close. So mm-hmm. if I can just open the doors for all of that, it's just, you you might be able to become a record label or something, you know what I mean? I don't know, it could be clothing, music, skateboarding, fashion, everything, you know what I mean? So I'm not trying to stick to just one specific lane at all.
0: I think that is also cool. And I, I think that that's something that in this modern age is a really smart way to look at things. Yeah, Is like, if you have your own community and your own following and your own message that you really believe in, you don't really have to limit it to one thing. Yeah. You can kind of use that to then grow and to like, especially especially being someone like yourself who's seen how skateboarding brands work and how brands are built.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: You get where to start it and you get what you can grow it into.
1: Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's just like I can't believe I'm here at this point, you know, you're talking about this to people and to you and everything like that, because where I come from, it's like. I never saw anything like this were to happen, you know what I mean? I I come from like a place where it's just, you know, it's just the gutter, you know what I mean? And to be able to come from there to now is just like, you know, I just, it's a dream come true. You know, wherever it goes from here, I'm just like so blessed and thankful, so.
0: That's so sick, and that, that reminds me of one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, that like instantly, like your energy and like when we met at RS, like, there was no ego. Like there was no, like, do you know who the fuck I am? Like, I know I need to do this. Like I'm DJ Romar. I'm Kevin Rowe, You know, like it was, you were just like, yo, what up? Like, I'm going to do this thing. We good. And, like, just like this very, like, I feel like you have this energy of like, you're just happy to be there. And like, you're so appreciative and like, you're so it's yeah. just good vibes. Thanks. And yeah. you said something else that like on that nine club interview, like talking about like breaking your jaw the day before you were going to go on a skate tour to europe like mm-hmm. it's not like you've just had this easy life it's not like you're like oh yeah i learned how to how to do some gnarly <laughs> 360s over stuff and <laughs> life was easy after that like but here you are with this like pretty like rad thankful mindset like where does that come from
1: just like you said you know all these painful gnarly experiences that just humbles you i feel like you know it makes you understand and appreciate life because, you know, life, like I said, has all these speed bumps and twists and turns. We're just like, whoa, why did that happen? Yeah. You gotta like really understand your life. I feel like you gotta really, you know, appreciate your life. Cause I could have died from that injury, from miniature golfing, you know what I mean? Jumping down some stairs cause I won the
0: game. You know, <laughs> yeah, like. countless sets that you've done every <laughs> cool trick yeah, off of. Yeah,
1: but I could have lost my life from that from that incident. Yeah. Just from being stupid, you know what I mean? And. You know, thank, if I broke, if it broke a little bit up towards, like, I broke it here, it's like called TMJ. Yeah. But if it went up a little higher, it would have went into my brain. And uh, they said I would have, I would have died. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. How am I still here from all that? You know what I mean? And you, you humble yourself from that. When somebody tells you you could almost die, I think that does something to your spirit. You're like, yeah. damn, I'm here for a reason or something, you know? Yeah. And sure enough, you know, like, here to talk about all this stuff and, you know, Breaking that jaw, though, was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through as a person, as like myself. Yeah. Because like I had broke teeth. I went through my lip right here. Um, You know, I had to relearn how to talk in a sense. My mouth was wired shut. It was like Kanye for a bit.
0: Yeah. Oh my (laughs) God. Yeah. It was
1: wired shut for a month. I had to drink Oreo smoothies. Um, Couldn't really eat anything else because like I only had this little tiny gap to put a straw through. And, yeah, it was rough. And
0: that that's, like, rough. in the peak of your skateboarding peak. career, too. Like, you yeah. were literally about to go to Europe the yeah. next day.
1: Exactly, yeah. And like, that was, like, that was my going to be my first time to Europe. Like, never been anywhere before, in, like, out of the country. Had my passport ready to go. I think it was, like, 15, 16 at the
0: time. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, stoked. And then,
1: nope, canceled.
0: <laughs> <Tode>. <laughs> like that. I, like, I guess I just feel that, like, Again, this podcast, I don't want this episode to be about me, but like I broke my leg on a tour and like had to get this gnarly surgery and was down and out. Like I couldn't walk for three months and it was years of recovery. And like, dude, and like I just now I have these moments where like I'll go down a set of stairs and I'll be like, dude, walking's fucking tight. Yeah. And, like, you just yeah. have this new wave of yeah, appreciation.
2: For, for sure, But, Definitely. like,
0: I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's that one incident, but, like, there's just an air about you and, like, I certainly feel that energy of just, like, you're very appreciative of the things you have. Like, you don't, you're not just, like, this entitled guy that's like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. I can skate and play <laughs> music, too. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, I can't, I mean, it's used to their own if you're that guy, but that's just never who I was. You know what I mean? I always understood where I come from and, you know, I try to keep those, you know those patterns the same, you know, because why Why be that other guy for for what? You know what I mean? No one cares, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's how I look at it. Yeah. I don't care if you're this big superstar. I I appreciate people that are down to earth and, and are humble and they, you know, they, they understand who they are. Yeah. It's a respect thing, but, you know, you don't take it too
0: far, you know. I just think that like a common theme that I've noticed or that I, I like to point out and that I admire with this podcast is it's really easy to say that when you're on the bottom, right? It's really easy to be the good guy and be like, oh yeah, like just be <laughs> appreciative of this, that, and this. yeah. But then like when you do get the success and the opportunities and the chance and that actual chance to have an ego, yeah, you can see that change. For and sure. like you've now had the the platform and like you've accomplished enough where that could have gone away and you could have sure. gotten that. And it's yeah. not that at all.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, I've, I've been there before. I've had a big head before when I was like 21, 20 uh, around that age, like, I, I was getting to that point, because I was skating for ice cream at the time. Yeah, was Pharrell.
0: dude, Pharrell. Pharrell, yeah. yeah. I was on, the, I was
1: on the, the team, like, flow at the time, but I was going, like, like, I was getting all these, like, expensive shoes. They were, like, $300 shoes. Yeah, it wasn't
0: like other skate
1: shoes. Yeah. That was, like, the, this,
0: like, elite, like, what is
1: this? Yeah. And at that time, ice cream was, like, one of the biggest brands at that time, and, I was able to do anything I wanted at that time. Like people were driving me here and there. I didn't have my license at the time. They were just driving me anywhere, and I was with my friend Jacob Walder. We would just get anything we wanted, and it felt like when you have that much power at a young age, it's just like
0: whoa, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. Whoa. yeah, yeah.
1: I had to come back down to to earth at a at a, It was like a little portion of my life, but that was crazy.
0: And you got I, that early check. Yeah, then I, I
1: broke my jaw. <laughs>
2: it was literally when
1: i was on ice cream too yeah 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 things happen for a reason but yeah that's that's wild man i I remember specifically uh yeah i was getting anything i wanted at the time and yeah it's gnarly
0: (laughs) like i'm glad that you still set the example of just like humble dude because i think that that's like again something that i try to do in this podcast is like i think i have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because when i was coming up in music there were a couple people that were just a little too cool for me and a little gatekeepy and stuff like that. Yeah. And now as I've had a little bit more of my own success and I'm like, everyone can succeed. Like what? Like why? So I want this podcast to be that example that like, as people come up, like I want to help people come up, but I also want to make sure the people that do come up, pay it forward (laughs) and like, don't have that attitude. So anytime I talk to someone like yourself, I'm just like, look, see, see (laughs) success. Cool. He's cool. Stay cool. (laughs)
1: So. Oh, man, I still got a lot of work to do, man. And we're we're still going, you know what I mean? I'm, like, it never ends. It never stops. You got to keep grinding, you know what I mean? Just because you got somewhere at a, at a point in your life doesn't mean, like, it's over. Yeah, You got to keep going. You got to keep striving to be the best person you can be and, and making something of yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, you want to retire early, but, you know, it's it's harder for some people sometimes and you just got to just keep going.
0: Yeah. Something that I like to conclude the podcast with is, If you could give advice to anybody that relates to your story, or if you could go back to a version of yourself, like what I'm thinking of in my head is the you that was flow and am like before pro just fucking grinding. Like you were having some amount of success, but I would have to imagine there were times there where you're like, is this going to work?
1: Oh man.
0: If you could go (laughs) back to somebody that's at that spot that knows they have something special but yeah. also heavily has that like, is this gonna work? Feeling. Yeah. What do you tell that version of you or somebody else there now? Just don't give up,
1: man. That's that's what it is. You just gotta, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep going because there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you got to just just remember that it's there. You know. Yeah. You got to know the grass is greener on the other side. I think that's the number one key because I've been there before. I almost quit skateboarding because. Really? Uh, nothing was working out. I was I didn't have a car. I was just skating to the skate park in Long Beach, at El Dorado skate park, and then skating back home. Nobody would take me home. And I was just putting in so many hours at that skate park and nothing was happening. And yeah. I was just like, I'm going to give up. And uh, I just kept telling myself not to give up. Don't do it. But if you don't make money in the next year or so, or if no sponsors come hit you up, um, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna do this is a hobby. I didn't stop, I didn't quit. I kept going, and I, just one day I was like, all right, I'm 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 hanging it up. I swear it was the next day I got a call from Crew Clothing, and they said they want to put me on the team. And I, it was like a day or two after, like, I felt like I'm giving up. But I was like, wow, you really do got to keep going because you just never know. You never know, you know what I mean? And uh. that's what helped me, you know, keep my my skateboarding career going, those little moments like that, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's that applies to life. I think you just got to keep pushing.
0: You know, maybe there's also something in that of like, we can't be blind to those in it. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> like those, like the little like nudges to keep you going, like how easy it can be now to see like the highlight reels of Instagram and all that. Yeah. But like, maybe it's mm-hmm. not the call from crew, but how many times are there those signs in life of like that, market improvement or level up or, or reach out in whatever you're doing, like, damn, don't discredit those Yeah, because those are those little things that keep you going. So like, I wonder how many other people listening to this have that like metaphorical call from crew or like that little thing where it's like, listen to that, keep going.
1: (laughs) The journey is everything. Yeah. That's world premiere. premiere. And that's why, you know, you got to, you got to take every portion of your journey and you got to really appreciate that. Those are going to teach you the life lessons of of yourself. It's going to build character. It's going to build you as like a person because you don't want to forget about those moments. You don't want to forget about the times you struggled and you know you were going to quit. You want to remember those so that it keeps you motivated and pushes you to come to the, the best version of yourself. That's me to a T right there.
0: <laughs> Dude, thank you. This was fucking cool i oh, i yeah. knew it would be a fun discussion like the back and forths but i didn't really know where it would go and i just like i'm so impressed by you as a person
1: thanks man i'm glad to be on your podcast dude this is dope man yeah. cool to share these stories i'm i think everyone should, should hear these type of stories man i think everyone needs a little bit of motivation especially in a time like now um they need a little bit of so
0: <laughs> thank you for being a piece of that and sharing it
1: all day man no problem
0: boom There you have it, the legend Kevin Romar. I'm so impressed by him. I was so honored to have him on. He could have just stopped at a pro skateboarder, but no, he had to keep going and everything he's doing was so cool. Make sure you check out World Premiere, his brand. If it's not out by the time that this drops, I will link it in the description as soon as it goes live. If you wanna do me the biggest favor, there's something super simple that you can do that helps so much and that's sharing it with a friend and sharing it on social media. The whole podcast has grown from word of mouth, and it's what lets me continue to have rad conversations with people like Kevin. If you want to go above and beyond and help on a whole other level, there is a Where Are All My Friends Patreon. As of right now, I've been doing this show with absolutely no backing, no ads, nothing. It helps me pay my absolutely incredible producer and editor, Deanna. Hi. And overall, it's just a massive help. So share it with your friends, support on the Patreon, make sure you check out everything Kevin is doing. And I will be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening.